Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. This is David Shoemaker, and I'd like to welcome you to Living Thelema. Now, this month's segment is called Advice from the Tree of Life. And in many ways, this is like a companion piece to the segment I did uh, a couple months ago called Kabbalistic Coping Skills. Except here, we're not going to talk about this as much in terms of Kabbalistic psychology as we are going to simply review the nature of the Sephiroth on the Tree of Life and see how, at any given moment, given any sort of um, conflict or confusion or uh, stuck place, we can learn something from each of the Sephiroth. Essentially, we can tune in to our understanding of what each of the Sephiroth embodies in terms of its attributes, uh, both in fullness and full expression, positive expression, constructive expression, and in its clipothic or shadow side, check in with ourselves and see how we're doing in terms of our process of living as a tree of life. Uh, are we balanced? Are we, uh, you know, overemphasizing a particular aspect of self that could be mapped out to the Sephiroth? And, and then how do we correct that? How do we compensate for that? So, um, Today's segment is going to offer a number of tools for doing this based on the Tree of Life. Um, we're going to start by just going through each of the Sephiroth in turn, starting with Malkuth, kind of work our way up. And um, for each Sephira, we're going to look at the attributes embodied there in, in, in their fullness. Uh, again, as I said, as a, as a full, constructive, positive expression of the attributes of the Sephiroth. And then we'll look on the shadow side, as I'm calling it, the, essentially the clip oath of the, of the Sephira. Um, then I'll give you some other tips on, on application. Now, the interesting thing about looking at this um, in terms of the shadow side is that uh, each Sephira you know, is going to embody certain characteristics, and the shadow side is not as much about an absence of those characteristics as it is about an excessive or misguided application of the characteristics. Um, and I think you'll see what I mean as I, as I spell this out uh, one by one, but it, it's, it's important to make that distinction because we're not just talking about if you got it, it's good. If you don't have it, it's bad. It's not that, that simple. Now, looking at the shadow side will instruct us in what to look for when we feel screwed up, essentially. When you identify a problem pattern and you, you can find it on the tree, um, you know, mapped out to the Sephiroth, then you can attempt to transmute it into the positive expression of the same energy. Uh, you're, you're literally, in doing this, redeeming the Klipoth by putting them in service to the Sephira in question in its constructive manifestation. Um, you do this by contemplating the nature of the sphere and then think about what it would want you to do in a sense. You know, what, what advice would it give you uh, in order to deal with the problem that you're facing? And of course, this advice is going to be in keeping with its essential nature. So with that as preamble, let's move on and look at the, uh, the specifics of the Sephiroth. So for Malkuth, um, the domain here is, in, in its fullness, is one of physical health, um, pleasurable immersion in the world of sensation, practicality, 
uh, and finding the divine in all of physical manifestation. When you're living Malkuth, when, or the Malkuth part of you, however you want to look at this, uh, when you're living that in its fullness, that's the nature of your life. That's the nature of your consciousness. The shadow side of Malkuth, and here again, it's not an absence, it's a misapplication or an excessive application. So the shadow side is overindulgence, uh, laziness due to excessive pleasure focus at the expense of self-discipline, overly rigid expectations of daily activities uh, when you're missing the forest for the trees, you get too detail-focused, um, distraction from spiritual aims due to absorption and practicalities, um, things like that. So I think you can see how how the shadow side is is a sort of a, to use a kind of a strong term, a perverted um, expression of what Malkuth can be. So with that uh, said on Malkuth, let's keep moving. For Yesod, in its fullness, uh, vitality, virility, and fertility, an unblocked flow of energy, an unconscious contents in your mind are not unduly repressed. They're not, um, the, the, the conscious and unconscious link is in place and unhindered. You're not stuffing stuff down or refusing to look at it. There's not, um, a, uh, yeah, an excessive amount of, of shadow projection going on. Um, and you have a lot of self-awareness of your unconscious patterns. So healthy yesod includes, all of these things. The shadow expression of Yesod would be things like sexual obsession, uh, aggression, um, sterility or sexual dryness, um, excessive projection of repressed or ignored unconscious contents, uh, mismanagement of the life force, feeling depleted energy-wise, um, undue emotional dependence on others, because the dependency issues either emotionally or substances or things like that are, are very much tied in with the, the autonomic function and the subconscious function that is represented at Yesod. So, um, so that's the shadow side of Yesod. At Hod, we have, um, in its fullness, intellectual acuity, an easy flow of ideas, an accurate self-analysis, good organizational skills and execution, and uh, ease with verbal and written expression of ideas. Uh, the shadow side, overly rigid thought structures, abandonment of feeling and service to cold logic, clinging to habits or structures in our daily lives without flexibility. So all the good stuff that the intellect can do, uh, kind of uh, done to excess or done uh, in, in, in too rigid a fashion. When you think about Hode in this way, it's not hard to call to mind the, the image on the tower trump where you see the the fiery blast of uh, emotion and, and, and force from Netzach kind of bl blasting apart the, the tower of intellect uh, and thought structure in, in Hode. Now, moving on to Netzach. In its fullness... Um, here we have emotional richness and engagement, uh, emotional engagement, full feeling in living, uh, love and affection towards oneself and others flows freely, uh, spiritual ecstasy is easily accessible, um, the aspiration is strong, we have a clear sense of what we're drawn to in life or what we're repelled by, 
And the shadow side, um, emotional instability or excess, abandonment of reason, uh, over-reliance on a sense of like or dislike in decision-making at the expense of further self-reflection on our potential blind spots, uh, religious fanaticism, and uh, romantic obsessions that unbalance us and, and make us uh, make decisions uh, with an undue emphasis on, on pure emotion without, without uh, rational thought. So that's Netsock and its shadow side. Uh, moving on to Teferith. In its fullness, we're living from our center. When we're living this way, from this place, things in our life tend to click rather effortlessly, um, without much resistance. Uh, this is a place of spiritually informed self-awareness. Uh, our view of the Ruach in its entirety from this place is balanced and, uh, and full. Um, we have an appreciation for beauty, harmony, and balance in living. Um, our cooperation with others is harmonious and easy. On the shadow side, spiritual vanity and spiritual materialism. You know, I'm more advanced than you, uh, so I'm, I'm better than you, and so on. The guru complex. Uh, overlooking our practical affairs due to absorption in spiritual matters. Um, sometimes, you know, we need to focus more on spiritual matters. Sometimes we really do need to remember to, to tighten up the nuts and bolts of our lives in a, in a practical sense. So that's Teferith in its uh, shadow side. For Gabura, um, in its fullness, we have energetic action, life lived in accordance with will, decisive application of the proper force to the proper ends of whatever action, um, enacting justice, living without fear. Um, the shadow side, not unexpectedly, is undue aggression or tyranny uh, in a larger scale. Uh, failure to honor the rights of others in a pursuit of our own ends. That is, we're not giving them space to do their will as we're also doing ours. Um, blind force, carelessly applied. This is sort of like a shotgun approach to life uh, when, when Gabura is uh, acting out of its shadow. And our, our courage has turned into foolhardiness. The lack of fear uh, has simply led us to endanger ourselves or others. So that's Gabura uh, in its shadow. And moving on to Hesed, in its fullness, um, we are living from a place of spiritual awareness and balanced leadership. And this, in, in a similar vein, is, uh, is outward leadership, but also regulation of our own Ruach via full self-awareness and linkage to the higher. A loving and solemn responsibility for those in our lives. An appreciation for the joyous and plentiful things in life. On the shadow side of Hesed, we have um, weakness in setting limits and boundaries for ourselves and others, or allowing cruelty and tyranny to go unchecked. See the Book of the Balance for more on that. Uh, clinging to the fruits of attainment and forgetting the service to the universe that must be an integral part of this. Um, those are characteristics of Hesed and its shadow side. Now, here we have to pause and in a sense, draw this part to a close because to go higher than this, to look at the supernal triad of Binah, Chokmah, and Kether, um, I, I think we have to admit that the nature of those spheres uh, doesn't exactly lend itself to ego-level coping 
because they don't pertain uh, to the individual ego at all, really. Um, I think the most useful way to work with the supernals in this present context is simply to keep in mind that we should always be aspiring to the highest in ourselves and in the universe with service as the primary aim. As Crowley says in One Star in Sight, the aspirant must regard all his attainments as primarily the property of those less advanced aspirants who are confided to his charge. And that's uh, one way to keep the supernals in sight um, as we meet the challenges of our lives. Now, even when there's no particular identified problem, um, you can make a pass through these 10 sephiroth and do a checkup on yourself, um, sort of like preventive maintenance of your inner tree of life. Look at each sphere in its fullness and ask yourself, how well am I living this out? And then just do that in turn with the others. And, um, you know, catch the, uh, the weak spots, the blind spots, the chinks in the armor, so to speak. But um, you can, as I was saying at the beginning of, of the segment, you can do more targeted interventions if you just notice what seems to be off in your life. What, what kind of a problem are you noticing? And then see which shadow side that matches up with of the ones that we just went over. Um, so let's say you are getting um, caught up in emotionality and, and you're, you're feeling like you're living reactively by, by um, emotion rather than more thoughtful and planful action. And it's difficult to think clearly and, uh, and such because you're swept along on, on the waves of emotion. So <clears throat> once you've identified that's what's going on, you can easily see that matches up with the shadow side of Netzach as we've been discussing it. So the solution would be Look at Netzach in its fullness, and how can you take the intensity of emotion that you're feeling, but put that in service to uh, more constructive aims? So devote that intensity to aspiration instead of to um, life issues, which may actually be requiring more thought than emotion at that point. Put that, give, give that emotion something to do. Um, so that it doesn't feel so much like it needs to intrude into every other aspect of your life and, and be in charge of it. Another example, um, if you're just kind of being a jerk, you know, you're, you're being too aggressive or irritable with people and, and uh, bullying and, and people are saying, you know, that you need to back off and, you know, it's one of those kind of phases. Well, that sounds like Gabora's shadow, right? So, You've got energy, you've got force, you've got that fire, but you need to find a constructive way to channel it. So um, use that energy to you know, direct it towards those areas of your own life where you need to blast away stuff that's in your way. Instead of getting irritable with your coworker or your spouse and blasting them out of the way, um, look at areas of your life that are damming you up and try to live out Gabora in its fullness as you challenge those points of stuckness. So those are examples of, of you know, specific examples of, of how you might use this once you've noted a problem. And as I said before, you've got um, the opportunity, you can always have the opportunity to just run yourself through the tree and see where you might need some preventive maintenance. As we've discussed in other segments in terms of magical applications. You can use invocations of the Sephiroth to bring in 
uh, more uh, to, to attune yourself and bring in more of the force that you want to use constructively from that Sephira. So in the examples I was just listing with Netsok and Gabora, you could easily do formal invocations of those Sephiroth and uh, spend some time in that ast astral atmosphere that you've created, uh, perhaps do a scrying, um, just come to a greater understanding of that Sephira as it manifests in you, your consciousness and your life. Um, now, what I'm going to close with here, now to augment and enrich and extend what we've been talking about here, I've created a guided exercise that I'm about to take you through. Uh, and there are two goals here. One is to further connect to the energies of each of the Sephiroth and understand how they are lived out in your life and consciousness. And the second goal is to help you not unduly identify with any one of the Sephiroth, to not unduly be bound up in the physical body or the mind or the emotions and so on. So you'll see threads of that throughout this. Now, if, if you're not in a place where you want to do this guided exercise right now, for example, if you're driving or um, you just don't want to listen to this sort of thing right now, then I encourage you to come back and, and listen to the rest of this segment later. But uh, it's probably about 10 minutes worth of, um, of guided work. Um, I do suggest that you set yourself up for this by having a quiet space where you can be silent and undisturbed for at least 10 or 20 minutes. Um, and um, after you have completed the exercise, you might want to take some notes in your diary. I also suggest you might want to repeat this um, daily or maybe once a week for a few weeks and see how your awareness of yourself and, and the way these Sephiroth play out in your daily life, see how that changes based on staying, trying to stay tuned in via this exercise. Okay, so I'm going to assume going forward that you have set aside a place and time to do this exercise, and I'm just going to start taking you through it. Find a comfortable and balanced posture, seated in a chair or your favorite asana, or lying on the bed. Bring your attention to your breathing. Note the passage of the air at the tip of your nose. Cool air moves in. Warm and relaxing air moves out. Spend a few moments just focusing on the cycle of the breath. Gentle, easy, natural rate and rhythm. Malkuth. I live in the physical world. I have a body with which I may experience this world and all its sensory wonders and pleasures. My senses are the eyes and ears of the universe, and through my life the universe witnesses and experiences itself. Yet I am not my body. Yesod. I see past the veil of matter to perceive the astral patterns underlying the physical world. The life power flows through me as the force of my will expressing itself in the boundless and ever-changing patterns of the unconscious mind. 
I wield the life power in service of my own evolution and in service to the evolution of humanity. Yet I am not my mind and I am not my astral body. Code. I possess an intellect with which I build conscious thoughts as cups of form to give shape to the liquid of magical force. I use reason and mental discipline to organize myself and my life in service of the will. Yet I am not my intellect. Netzach. I possess emotions as a fuel for aspiration and a medium for love. My soul yearns for the divine, and I inflame myself in prayer as I aspire to union with that which is beyond. Yet I am not my emotions, and I am not my aspiration. Tefereth the light of the holy guardian angel shines on the center of my being, from which I instruct and direct all the parts of myself toward their right function. This center of consciousness serves as the prophet of the holy guardian angel, whose voice is the true will. Yet I am more than this center of consciousness. Gaborah. My will is an extension of universal will, and I construct my inner and outer life to be a perfect form for its expression. The power of all life is available to me in every moment. Yet I am more than my will. Chesed. I have consciousness of the path of my soul and the many lives I have lived before this one, and I govern my consciousness in the light of this knowledge. I strive in all things to live fully as an expression of the highest light. Yet I am more than this. I have full consciousness of the grail of holy blood, into which the droplets of my individual lives have fallen, for I am that grail. I have mingled my individual life with the universal life, and let go of all attachments of the small ego. I tend to the garden of my lower self with love and care. I receive my word and give it birth. Yet I am beyond the grail. Hokma. I bear the word 
the primal impulse of all the life of humanity. I am the universal will, all-powerful and infallible, the lance that is plunged into the grail of all. Yet I am beyond the lance and beyond the word. Kether. I am the one source from which all things proceed and to which all return. I am no thing, yet in me is the potential for all things that can exist. I am the primal point that sees every possibility, yet knows the unity of all. I am. Knowing that in truth, all of these points of awareness remain active and alive within you. Return your consciousness to the present moment, to your physical body, to the time and place of your surroundings. And when you're ready, open your eyes and resume normal consciousness. So if you have made it through that and have uh, decided to take that ride with me, I thank you for giving it a shot, and I hope it was useful for you. Um, I do encourage you to, to repeat or, you know, augment as you will. Um, if you have different ways of viewing the meaning of the Sephiroth in your particular life, then by all means change this to fit what works for you. But I've tried to give a, a fairly universal template for these things. So um, that's our segment for this month. I appreciate your listening. As always, send me um, suggestions and comments to david at livingthelema.com. Um, view my resources and bio pages on livingthelema.com. And uh, like our Facebook page so you can stay in tune with uh, announcements and some of the discussions we have on there from time to time. Uh, if you have suggestions for future segments, by all means, let me know. And uh, just a reminder to, to keep a lookout for uh, the Living Thelema book, which will be released later in 2013, uh, based on all the segments I've done uh, and additional materials. So uh, thanks for joining me again this time, and we'll see you next time on Living Thelema. Love is the law. Love under will. <laughs>